Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll be joined soon by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Schutt-Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together in the Liberation Lab, we explore what it actually takes to create fulfillment, success, and liberation. This week is one of my favorite episodes so far. We deeply dive into the topic of ambition and how it relates to women. A lot of women feel ambitious, but don't feel safe talking about it. I actually felt very emotional even researching this topic, and Laura and I really share our thoughts on being ambitious women. I believe women are pushed to be ambitious and told we can achieve anything, only to then slam into the glass ceiling. We define ambition and dissect our complicated relationship with it. If you want permission to own your ambition, this is the episode for you. If you're enjoying the show, we'd be so happy to have you review us on iTunes. You can also head over to liberationlab.com to subscribe and access some amazing resources to help you feel more liberation. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to Liberation Lab. I'm Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Laura Schick-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm good, and you? I'm good. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to dive in to some juicy conversation I think we're going to have. Yeah, me too. And today's topic is really juicy. And I think it's going to, we're going to have sort of a lot of different perspectives around it. And, um, you know, what Laura and I wanted to dive into today is really talking about ambition and how that relates to women specifically. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of different sort of viewpoints and definitions and context around that word ambition. And we're going to kind of dissect it and look at it today. Um, Laura, you were kind of the one that was really inspired to sort of do this. So do you, would you love to kind of give us a perspective of your viewpoint on ambition? Sure. Yeah. I had, you know, Sonia and I are talking um, just so our listeners know, of course, we talk a little bit about what's relevant, what's happening, what's in our lives. And one of the really interesting relationships that I have had in business is my relationship to ambition. And what does that mean? And how does it relate to me as a woman? So I've, um, and I've even been, you know, creating a program, my business name is Conscious Ambition. So that gives you insight into I'm very curious about what is the what's the origin of ambition what does it really mean to women and why do so many women struggle with it really it's it's a complicated relationship so I think I'm just going to start off by saying that I and we're both going to share a little bit of definition but I was curious since I have this is this um, ongoing relationship with understanding my own um, response to the word ambition, I looked it up online to just see, you know, what's the root? I always like to go to the Latin root. It's like, what is the root of ambition? And so the Latin root actually is interesting that it comes from this time of the Roman um, p- politics. So Roman politics, when, when people used to go out and walk into their community and walk around into the cities, they called it um, that they were going to, they used this word, ambition. I think, and you can share a little bit more, um, Sonia, about what you discovered, but they use this word that meant to go around. And then it became associated with going around with politics. 
But really the idea of going around for me as a woman is like, oh, okay, going out of my um, domestic space and going into public space, what it means to go into public space, to go around and to have my voice and to ask other people what it is that they think or to campaign for a certain perspective. So I, I think that that's where ambition is a really curious thing for me is it's asking me, where do I step out of my private space around what I love to do or what I believe or what my opinions are? And how do I go out into the world with those thoughts and have a more public platform, a public space, and possibly have um, professional and personal goals that I want to bring out into the world and share with my community and the people around me. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, what I think is so interesting, and this is, I think, one of the things we're going to sort of be talking about around this subject is I think there's a lot of confusion around the definition of ambition. Because if you actually look at it in the dictionary, the definition is a strong desire to do or achieve something. That's it. A strong desire. You know, and the ambition synonyms, right, are like drive, determination, desire, eagerness, motivation, enthusiasm. So these are all things that are actually internal. They have nothing to do with the external outside of what we're looking for, which I think is what's really interesting, right? Because the way we view ambition is really in what we're trying to gain externally. It's not really looking at, you know, what we're internally motivated to, to, you know, achieve and to create and to accomplish and to feel, you know, even being fulfilled. Yeah. So that's what I was curious about. That's exactly it is like for me. And I think for a lot of women, it is an internal process. Like I think about, you know, the night in, um, in sort of the feminist, the whole slogan of uh, Virginia Woolf's A Room of Your Own, right? Mm-hmm. So Room of Your Own was a big feminist um, statement because women wanted to find space. And it was not just they literally wanted a room in their house. I mean, some of them did, but they wanted space for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like women are wanting more professional space. They want to take up room. And we've associated this word ambition with sort of an external realization of goals, but I feel an internal motivation to be like, I want to take up more space. I don't just want a room of my own. I want a platform of my own. I want to be able to have more public space because internally it feels better to speak that or share that. So it's an external expression that comes from an internal desire to show up in the world and not be marginalized or, you know, put into a corner or into a small space or the domestic space like we have historically been. Mm. Yeah. Look, definitely. And I mean, I think, you know, I think when, as I was doing a lot of research on this, right, I I felt quite emotional, actually. Like, it was funny because I personally (laughs) Uh, don't really relate with the word ambition, I, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of women, I think I'm not alone. You know, ambition for me is just not a word I ever use. Like I'm motivation, drive, determination. Those are all words I use for myself. Absolutely. I mean, from day one, I knew as a child that I would never be a stay at home mom. Not that anything's wrong with that, but it was just not my desire. I would never be a housewife. Like for me, I always knew I was driven to a career. I was driven to produce something in the world. I was driven to create impact. And so I always had that drive, but I've never related to the word ambition. 
So, Mm. you know, it just has no connotation to me, like either way, like I just don't resonate with it. So it was really funny and, you know, sort of researching for this podcast because I was like, okay, well, what does, what does it mean to me? And what do other women, you know, feel about it? And, and how can I relate that to my experience, you know, of 17 years working with women who are all, of course, ambitious. And, you know, it, it was interesting going through the research because there was so much emotion that I felt in thinking about how limited we are. Like, and, and really what I ended up coming to is sort of, there's these, these three sort of big problems I see. But one of the main issues is that, you know, um, we are stuck because we are really pushed to be ambitious or to do everything in the world, to, to be anything we want to be. I actually think we're quite that this is the new thing, right? We're really pushed to be ambitious and yet we're completely slammed by the glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. So that it's like this piece of, you know, there's a lot of disservice in the way that we're handling ambition. And that's sort of what I found was really interesting is, you know, to me, there's kind of three big problems, which is, you know, the definition of ambition, because I feel like we aren't even clear about what that actually means. And so therefore, people are confused at whether to resonate with it or not resonate with it because the word is so loaded and the word is so uh, misused. And then I think, you know, there is... Um, the way that we push people to be ambitious, but without any real reality. And then there's, of course, the glass ceiling. So there's sort of these sort of different aspects of it that I think we're going to have to break down and look at because it's a very complex topic. Oh, girl. Yes. You hit it right on the the nail on the head because I call that the ambition paradox. Mm. Yep. <laughs> I've labeled it for myself. It's an ambition paradox that I have experienced and I've seen other women experience. And it's what you're talking about where we're pushed toward to be ambitious, but then there's these glass dealings that nobody wants to talk about. There's actually a Harvard Business Review that just recently came out that I was so fascinated to read that even now in 2000, I think the results came out and were published in 2016. Um, and it was MBA students. So they looked at grad students, men and women, and they're, you know, getting their master's in business. And they were, they were looking at, okay, how are these, um, students going to express themselves on a career, um, survey? So they were told that they had to fill out this career survey. They needed to express their desires, their professional goals and desires, how many hours they want to work, um, what their salary goals are. And they were told that they were going to be one group. Um, they said, oh, this is confidential. And then the other test group was, oh, this is going to be discussed amongst your peers. And it was men and women. And I won't go into all the details. I'll just tell you the re- interesting result is that the single women MBA students downplayed their ambitions when they believed it was going to be discussed amongst their classmates. And then they, but they had higher ambitions when they believed it to be private. Yep. And there's more and more research that shows that women are curbing their ambitions because it does not look attractive to their male counterparts. And that was what they also went on to relate. They had another study and they showed that women married women seem to actually not change So they had a theory that single women in the company of men are more likely to play down their ambitions because they don't look like um, as attractive as potential partners Mm. because, yeah. So there, and there was an interesting podcast that they talked to this feminist podcast. um, And I suggest people go and check them out. It's called stuff. Your mom never told you they're super fun. And they talked about this 
conundrum and about the romance. And they said that um, there was some other studies that showed that women, when they are of, yeah, in their single, they're looking for partners, they're downplaying their ambition, but they won't downplay it in an all female group. And there's tons of research that shows girls um, will be more outspoken in all girls schools, right? So there's tons of this research going around. But yet, we're not talking about the paradox of women feeling less attractive as a romantic partner but then going to interview for a professional job, are they facing, you know, the same paradox? Because I know when I went to, to interview for jobs, I had to look like I had my stuff together and I was really ambitious and I could do everything that the, the, um, the company wanted. But then I also knew that being a mother was going to be like the motherhood penalty, you know? So how much was I supposed, so I'm supposed to be attractive to the male partner so I can partner, but I'm supposed to be really ambitious in the company and pretend like I don't have any responsibilities for my children. And it's like, how are women supposed to have an actual healthy or clear, and maybe that's what we're just getting at, Sonia, is this is an unclear relationship that most women have with this word and with this, you know, manifestation of professional goals is we're getting mixed messages here, ladies. We're getting very mixed messages on what are we supposed to do and to get the job and what are we supposed to do to have our emotional needs met and find a secure attachment. <laughs> yeah, which is really interesting because I didn't even think about the partnership aspect of that. You know, yeah. but I but in the work aspect of that I've seen this consistently, right? So, you know, in even even though we're pushed to be ambitious at work, we're only pushed to a particular point. Because if you if you really are, you know, really are ambitious in a in a business or corporation, as a woman, you are seen as um, you know, over the top off-putting, um, you know, you are not as well-liked, you are not as, uh, it's totally, so it's like you have, you're supposed to have ambition to a point, but then you, your ambition has to stop. Then you have to, you know, sort of, oh, there was this great line I, I wrote down, this great line that this person made that's like, um, you know, we, we basically, oh, where is it? Hold on, sorry. There's, it's like this idea that, you know, if we're too ambitious, like, oh yeah. So ambitious, an ambitious man is a go-getter and an ambitious woman is off-putting. And that's yes. from actual research where they basically give you a scenario. This is how they did the research. They gave you a scenario like of a person in, in work. And then they gave half of the people who were taking, like listening to the scenario, a masculine name and half of them, a, a woman's name. And all of the um, people who basically had the man's name thought that this person was, yeah, really, you know, like ambitious in a good way and like a go-getter. And whereas all the people who got the the woman's name thought that she was very off-putting, she was aggressive, she was selfish, um, you know, and it was, it's just so interesting to see the way that we view gender. Yes, yes. And, and how we view yeah, the expression of ambition. If it's expressed as a man, it's good. If it's expressed as a woman, it's bad, like just to simplify. And so doesn't that make sense why we're confused and we have a kind of a strange relationship with ambition? I think that's why I personally got intrigued by it mm -hmm. because back in 2012, I found, I came across a book written by Dr. Deborah 
Condren. And she wrote a book called um, Ambition is Not a Dirty Word. Mm. And I, I it from the, I think I was in the library and it just popped out at me. I was looking at all the business books, professional books, and I'm like, what? What is this? Okay, I, I want to figure out what this person has to say. And I picked it up and I read a line out of it and I actually wrote it down. I have, still have it to this day in my journal and I looked it up so I could share it on this podcast. And I wrote basically that she is asking us to reclaim ambition as a virtue. And I was super excited about this concept. Like, could ambition be a virtue? And she writes, wouldn't it be inspiring if you could acknowledge straight up to yourself and to others that you have big, wild, precious, professional goals? And when I read that back in 2012, I thought to myself, Oh my goodness, she's right. I don't give myself that expression. I don't show up with all of my professional goals really out on the table in the same way that I think I've seen male counterparts do because there's still a part of me that feels guilty about my ambition. And I'm afraid people are going to judge me for not being all in with my kids or they're going to judge me for being um, too ego driven or they're going to judge me for, you know, the all these negative things I have seen associated with the word ambition, which is greed or un- unlikable or right. Yeah, so totally. that's well, my personal kind of like aha moment that I wanted to reclaim this word and just get a little bit more clear. It's like, what does it mean exactly? Well, and I think to dissect it even further too, we have to talk about ambition in terms of the feminine and masculine, right? Because one of the problems is that even for women who do reclaim ambition, they're still doing it in a masculine way. Absolutely. And so we yeah. have to look at like, what is ambition for women? Like, w- like in reclaiming it even, how do we yeah. am- be ambitious in a feminine way n- and not in a masculine way? Because this is also what, like, for me, this is such a topic that I'm dissecting right now like all the time. I'm doing so much research and in my work with people and in, in the TEDx talk that I'm working on, like this is a really big topic because I think we have to look at like so many, you know, women are getting burned out trying to operate like men in business. And part of that is because we're taught that to be ambitious, to succeed, right? Because that's one of the other definitions of ambitious is like the desire to succeed, to achieve success. But we have a sort of definition of success, which is very masculine. And so I think, you know, one of the problems is we don't even really know what to reclaim. Like, like what is ambition for women? Like, what does that actually feel like that's not in a man's world, that's not a masculine, that's not, you know, pushing ourselves to an extreme where we're exhausted, depleted, you know, completely misaligned with ourselves. You know, how do we redefine it in a way that's feminine? Like what is ambition and what is feminine? Like, I think these are like, it's such an interesting topic because it's so rich and diverse and there's so many sort of aspects to explore. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I think that's why I went to the root word because I just out of curiosity, I was like, where did this word get um, corrupted? Mm. And, And so in my mind, there is when you talk about the feminine and the masculine, I think that it has taken on maybe this way of being in the world that is a bit more masculine and you're right. Like what would it be to reclaim it as feminine? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I was curious and why I liked this to find that the Latin, um, of the root of ambition is like ambito or ambitio, something like that. And, and it meant like to go around 
And I thought, oh, that's so interesting that, um, you know, that they that they weren't considered ambitious because they had some sort of drive to succeed. They were called ambitious because they actually went out into the world and shared themselves mm. with the world. Mm. And why did we get it into this narrow view of professional goals and get it done and, you know, these actions? What if it could be reclaimed? What if the feminine reclaiming the virtue of ambition is bringing your gifts into the world, like being true to carry out what you're what you're here to do. And I think that the power that women have, I mean, you talked about this last time, like if we were not doubting ourselves, you know, how much impact could we have? Mm. And I feel like, you know, ambition does that too, where we go into this place of in, in doubting, well, what is that like for me to be ambitious? Or I don't, I don't want to be um, seen as power hungry. It's like, well, what if you were seen as like to use Dr. Condren's word? She's like, what if it was just big and wild and precious and all about your gifts, mm. what you bring, you know, into the world? Yeah, well, and that really gets me into some of this thing because one, so the, it's really funny because on Facebook the other day, like I'm, I'm constantly sort of responding to things and really putting perspectives on Facebook. And someone was talking about how, like, in business, like they were talking about the difference as a man who's talking about the difference between, you know, who you are in business and who you are at home as a man. And that, you know, in business, you should be calculated. You should only be looking at facts. There should be no emotions involved. Whereas, of course, parenting, it's all about being compassionate and loving and, you know, which, which is an interesting perspective, right? Yeah. And so my perspective was, why are we cutting out emotions in business? And this is, this is really true with things like ambition. Because yes. what makes us so powerful as women and so fierce, right? Because that's what we're really talking about. We're talking about fierce on a deep, you know, um, like innate level that, you know, is our emotions. And if we're using our emotions to really be in the world, to be impactful in the world, well, that's really ambitious and powerful. But I think what's happened is ambition has really been associated with calculation, Mm, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's, you know, been confused and misunderstood and we're still struggling to, you know, to reclaim it, as you will. Because who wants to reclaim um, a non-emotional ambition? Yes. I like that, that distinction there. It's a calculated. And, and that's to my point of, yes, like it's not, um, if, if to go out into the world, to be sharing yourself that that is bringing your whole self. That's being emotional. That's mm -hmm. being, um, having desires. It's having opinions. It's having, and I think that's where I get really, um, kind of on fire to support other women's ambitions because I don't want them to feel like it's, it's not their, their place to step up and be at that table just because, society's decided, oh, that's an aggressive thing to do for a woman to do. It's like, I want them to be able to say, well, to heck with the fact that you guys think that um, a woman standing in her power and, and being ambitious is negative. Like, I'm going to go ahead and stand up and show you what it feels like. And I think that this is sort of that challenge about like the book Lean In, where, you know, asking women to come to the table. It's like, not only do we 
have to lean in to come to the table, but we have to have each other's back. We have to be like, okay, you're leaning girl. And I got you like lean in till you're almost about to fall. And I've got you because we can't do this kind of shifting cultural paradigms by ourselves. Because if I walk into that room really excited about my audacious ambition and a room full of people who don't see that virtue, then I may walk away defeated. But if I have a sisterhood or allies of men and women that get that we can go after our dreams and have professional goals that are not seen as ego driven, but are heart centered and are actually about bringing change to the world, then that's going to make a much you know bigger ripple than us individually trying to do it. Because I, I just want to acknowledge that, that I get, I experience it. Like we're up against some big um, definitions that have been defining what power looks like and what ambition looks like and, you know, for years. So this is a historical challenge for sure. Yeah, look, I agree. But I also think, and this is, this is the interesting part, right? Because, because there is a balance, like I totally hear you where we have to be backing each other up. We have to be supporting each other. But I also realize that so many women have not integrated these issues inside themselves. And when they back up other women, they're doing it on a really shallow level. Right. And this is, the, this is one of the things I saw in all my research and in, in, in my years of experience is that one of the problems with this idea of ambition is we're, you know, encouraging unlimited ambition, but it's not mixed with reality. And so a lot of girls and young people are going to the table thinking they can have whatever they want, but they really don't have an understanding of where the glass ceilings are. And, and you know, the idea is we don't want to discourage them and we don't want to disappoint them. And But they get slapped in the face when they're not prepared for what is actually out there. And I actually think that that is a problem. Like, you know, I think it's a disservice that we're so focused on like all of this inspiration and not giving anyone the actual tools to integrate and succeed and and like accomplish their ambition and that's where I think sort of this double bind as one woman termed it or like the the ambition paradox comes in is because there's no reality given to like we're supporting and pushing and saying you can be anything as a girl and I love that right it feels good yeah but there's all no tempering on the other side with here's the realities of what you're going to have to face you're going to need grit you're going to need determination like it is not um, a picnic it is not just all feel good. Like you're going to hit the wall that is out there that you have no choice but to hit. If you want to succeed and pass through it, you're going to have to do it, but it's going to take grit and it's going to be hard and you're going to, you're going to be judged and you're going to have to face all these things. And I don't feel like we're giving women enough reality and support and tools to actually do that. Yes. And that is true. It's like that romanticizing that we've talked about that's going on in business. It's happening with that sort of you're a woman, go out and do it. Well, there's these, there's reality to that, like you're saying, and we need to talk about it. We need to educate um, our young girls about it, but not in a like, oh, this is a horrible thing. And, you know, this is just your reality. It's just, hey, let's be truthful about what's happening so that we can change those things. By the time that you're getting, you know, if I'm looking at my daughter, it's like, I want her to know these are the things that you're going to encounter. But let's look at how you being aware of them and you supporting other women to be aware of them could shift hopefully more in your lifetime than I've been able to see. So I completely agree that there's a, like a lack of pr 
preparation and by kind of glossing over the women are, um, I don't even really know how to put that in a bucket, but there is somewhat of a women are on the rise and everything's awesome and just lean in and just get your seat at the table and just do this and just do that. But that does not take into consideration the reality of the way that things are still going down. So yeah, yeah, Yeah. I agree. And I think that this is why having this conversation, you and I getting into this conversation is like, Oh wow, there's so many things we can say about this. So let's just open the can of worms, right? Let's Let's just see what happens because even when, you know, for the listeners, a little background, when you and I first decided, hey, let's let's talk about this topic, you know, we we are on the same page with a lot of it, but there's differences that we even have around it. You yeah. know, so we were, oh, really? You think you think it's like that? Oh, I think it's like that. So even be- between you and I, we had different perceptions yeah. for ourselves, you know, of what ambition means. And maybe that's sort of the invitation to the listeners today is like, how much have you thought about this word ambition. Do you like it? Does it resonate? Do you get excited or does it give you a pit in your stomach? Do you want to turn the other way? Do you feel repulsed by it? Like what's your reaction? Because even just examining that, I think that's what you and I have been doing since we talked, you know, again about this, bringing this up. And you even mentioned all the emotions that came up as you did the research, the sadness and the, you know, to see the paradox, to see that we're getting this message and yet getting a different type of um, reality and different type of support in the world. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, and you know, it's brought a lot of thought to myself. Like, I mean, like I said, I mean, I feel by the definition of the word ambition, I've always been ambitious, but, but the way that I relate to it is like, it's not a word I will use. It's still not a yeah. word I would use. And, yeah. you know, and so I think that's the interesting you know, sort of piece is that when you start to dissect and look at what does it mean to you personally? What's your personal experience with it? And, you know, I can really relate to what you were saying earlier about like keeping your goals hidden, especially from men, like even my partners, because I feel like my partners in the past have, you know, and even like my father have judged my goals. Like if I don't make a goal, I've failed and then I get, you know, judged for that. And there's like quite a harshness around it that I've learned over the years to keep my goals secret. So yeah. like, I don't really ever tell even my partners what my real goals are. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. when it comes to income, when it comes to what I want to create in the world, like, you know, I kind of, you know, rose color it for the men around. Whereas, you know, I might tell some of my closest friends, but really it's, it's something I keep really close to myself. Like I don't want to be judged or I don't want to be, um, shamed if I don't create or accomplish it. And this is something I found in the research as well. And this is something I've seen in a lot of the women I've worked with too, is that, you know, we're afraid of being shamed if we don't make our goals. So we just, stay smaller and more doable goals that we tell people about so that, you know, we create them and we succeed. And if we don't, well, then nobody else has to know about ourselves. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. And just keeping it. And so, yeah, bringing it back to why ambition is then a word that I do choose to use is that it's me being able to not hide. Yeah. 
That's what it means to me. Like, I'm going to go out and go around. I'm going to use the Latin definition. I'm going to go out and around my community and my world, and I'm going to show up. And I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to play small because I used to feel embarrassed about my, yeah, just like you were saying, kind of hiding um, my ambitions. And I think I've done it more. I'm trying to think when you said you've done it with your partners. Yeah, I think that I... I have to ask myself, where do I usually hide it? I think I hide, interestingly enough, I think I've hidden my ambition with my colleagues or with my peers or even, which could be men and women because grow, being like in a therapy profession, mm. there was, you know, you don't want to, you're there to serve, you're there to, for your client. It's all about the clients, not about the therapist. Um, and those, so there's like this humbleness that mm. you're expected to always be humble. It's, this work, you're called to do it. You're a social worker, you're a licensed therapist. And I felt like speaking out made me or naming my ambition made me look like a bit of a jerk with, mm. you know, amongst my colleagues. Yeah. And I've heard other, you know, other people say that too, that they've been kind of afraid to shine because they don't want people around them to think like, oh, look at you thinking that you're all that. <laughs> it's like, why do we do that to each other? I don't know. But it's, you know, well, I mean, I do know it's our human insecurity with when we see somebody else, it makes us feel uncomfortable. So we find ways to bring them back down to where we are. Yeah. Well, I think my personal experience with ambition is I've kind of hit it. Yeah. Amongst my, my, uh, career colleagues. Yeah. Well, and I think that is absolutely true. I mean, I think for women, it's across the board. Like yeah. if, if we show ambition, we have an ego issue, like, or we're aggressive or so that, you know, those really definitely are across the board, but definitely yeah. it's double in the areas where you're supposed to be humble and in service. So, you know, that's yeah. all the healing areas, all the holistic areas, you know, e even as coaches, I mean, you know, there's a, there's quite a lot of areas in which we, are uncomfortable because we're supposed to be humble. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, that this is part of why we have to really start to redefine and reclaim this definition, you know, according to what works for us, because, you know, it's really twisted in the world and, and it's really differing per person. And I think, you know, this is the, I mean, if you look at it, like I said, the definition is a strong desire to do something like who doesn't have that, <laughs> you know, whether, yeah. even if it's a strong desire to be a parent, I mean, whatever yeah. that is, like everyone right. we has, all have them. Yeah. we all have ambition. We all hey, have ambition right now with we all have ambitions. <laughs> but I think, it. you know, yeah, and this is the really interesting part. But I mean, you know, one of the other things, as I was saying earlier about sort of the way um, that we're using ambition. Now, I, I feel like ambition has been really commercialized. So, so not only have we had the, these definitions, you know, that are just sort of innate in our culture between women and men and what it means and success and, you know, there's all this sort of pieces to it. I think now, you know, people have grabbed onto it and they're using it to commercialize. They're using, they're hashtagging it and they're, you know, using it as sort of this way to pump up women. I mean, when I was looking, you know, researching and saying, you know, what, you know, what's happening with ambition, ambition in women. And there was a, there was a ton of ton of things I kept finding, like events that talked about, you know, ambition in women. And it was like events like how to, um, you know, be this a brand, you know, build your personal brand and style, you know, like, like really just, just sort of like help yourself be styled so that you can really, you know, attain your ambition. Like it's, so it's this thing that people are really starting to use. It's a lot like feminism or empowerment. Wow. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I think that, you know, that gets back into sort of the, the way that we're using it. Like, you know, we, it's, it's like, it's not deep enough. Like no one is looking at what, like, what will it actually take for us to create our ambitions? Yes. What will yeah. it actually take for us to create real empowerment? You know, we're not looking at that. Instead, we're, we're just trying to sort of pump each other up and, you know, make it like this sort of outside, really shallow thing. And like, this is a very deep topic. And I think each person has to look at it for themselves and really ask themselves. And this is why it was so emotional for me is because I feel like there's not enough people that are really looking at what, what is my ambition? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are so on the same page and because this is where my research has led me and prompted me to create a program that's called conscious ambition and the reason why is because I kept thinking of why is this so superficial like why is ambition this this thing that we're talking about but we're really not talking about we're not talking about what does it what does it mean to be truly self-aware and then be clear about where your ambitions lie because maybe that is being a parent Maybe that is being in a profession that you give 100% to in service to some cause. Or maybe it's building an empire. Whatever it is, you're not going to really be on a embodied path if you're not mindful, if you're not conscious, if you're not deep diving mm-hmm. into what it means to find desire. And for me, that's ambition is a word that people can used to talk about desire, but I want to go deep with Mm -hmm. that. I want to know what's driving your desire. What are you still unconscious of that might be sabotaging your desires? Say you wanting to go one direction, but you keep finding yourself somewhere else. So I, I a hundred percent, I think, you know, we have different ways of, of working with it and our Mm. clients and different ways of expressing it. But I think you and I are seeing a Mm. very similar, you know, thing because we're working with women in the same demographics and we're seeing sort of this hashtag ambition when it really needs to be a hashtag deep dive. Yeah, totally. Deep for our people. Deep, deep, deeper. Exactly. And it's funny because my TEDx talk, you know, it is about going beyond hashtag empowerment. It's about going deeper. It's exactly what it's about. This this deeper than, you know, we're willing to go at this point because I think everybody sort of wants everything to feel good. And, you know, when we actually look at, and that's the whole piece of even me doing this research is like, you know, it doesn't feel good. It feels sad. Like that's what I felt. It feels sad. Mm -hmm. Really looking at all the ways that I've limited my ambition, that I've limited myself, you know, in, in because of the glass ceiling and because of all of these things that I think is just really, really interesting. And yeah, like you, I mean, desire and uh, really getting to the bottom of what people really desire is the first thing I do in my program as well. You know, because if I don't understand what their real desire is, then we can craft their whole business or their whole career around something that's not even their real desire because the motivations are so differing, right? So a lot of times I get people in and the first thing they say is, you know, like, I'm like, well, what do you really want? What's your greatest desire? And it's never the first layer. It's maybe like five or six layers down. And I can just sort of feel when they hit it, you know, and I'm sure you can as well. It's like there's this this opening or this resonation when they actually hit their real desire. But the truth is people don't, a lot of people don't even know what their real desire is because they're so indoctrinated to want or not want or to limit their wanting or to, you know, that it's like they haven't 
haven't even explored what they really want. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole nother topic to go mm-hmm. into. Like how, what happens when you really allow yourself to explore what you really want? And on one hand, you know, ambition can be a word that people use, say, these are my ambitions, but let's dive a little bit deeper. Let's become more mindful. Let's become more conscious. Let's look at what is really the impulse to use your word. I love that. Um, to use the desires. And, you know, it's so, it's so perfect that this topic came up because I think that you and I, even just having this conversation, I feel like it's opening up more permission in me to, to look at that where I've held myself back. Like you said, it is sad. It's, it's sad to see ourselves and sad to see other women holding back when we know that we're here with a purpose. Most people and most entrepreneurs, the passion leads them there. Passion leads them there. But they don't always really look at what's that underlying, what's really going on under the passion. It's not just, oh, I have a cause that I'm excited about. There's something that feels deeper than that. It's in their body. It's in their, you know, it's it's when they like when I work with clients and they find it, they're like, what, it, what is that place that you just connected me to? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, honey, that's your, that's you. That's yeah. your source. Like, totally. like we talked about tethering. You just tethered to you. That's yep. you. Like yep. I didn't do anything. I just helped you find it. Yep. But that is underneath what we're talking about here. Yeah. And maybe ambition is a way that it's manifested and it's talked about, like it's a conversation. And if we don't talk about the truth behind ambition, then are we going to just end up riding the tails of it like the generations of men that created the term or that corrupted it? <laughs> yeah, Look, I think corrupted is a good is a good thing because if it's just a <laughs> desire to have something, right, or a desire to be out in the world or whatever, you know, whichever definition you want to use, I mean, yeah, it's it's been corrupted. Like, you know, it, it is definitely – there's a connotation to ambition that's about greed. And it's really funny because my teenage daughter right now, she's doing a paper actually at school on ambition and greed. That's that's her theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's breaking apart, like, what's the difference between ambition and, th- and greed? Where's the line? You know, and what does that look like? And so I think that's really interesting, you know, and probably, like I said, a whole another topic in and of itself. Um, but I think, you know, yeah, we've got to we've got to start to look at you know, really, whether you define it as ambition or not, it's owning what we really want and owning what we want to create in the world, you know, unabashedly. But I also think we've got to like talk about, you know, it's not easy, like, and it won't be easy. Whatever you want in the world, what you really want, your greatest desire, it's going to be hard. Like, you're going to have to fight for mm-hmm. it. You know, mm-hmm. because there is a glass ceiling out there. There is, you know, and not just out there. We've internalized it. See, that's what I see in so many women yeah. that I'm working with is they've internalized the hamper, the, the glass ceiling, the way that, we, you know, the limitations that we have on the outside, we've internalized it. So the first thing you have to break through is your own glass ceiling inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes. The internalizing, the, yeah, the external problem. And and so and that's what I find interesting when we look at men and women women's relationship to ambition is that women are more quick to internalize that ambition is bad and greedy and they and they can't own it or have it. Where men don't think of like if you were to pull men and women and they were all to give their definition of ambition. I just my theory is women would have a lot more negative connotation with the word just yep. simply with the word. 
because they've been shamed. That's where I'm kind of curious about what it's like to reclaim it because like, should we be shamed? Should we feel that bad? Or is it because we as women haven't been allowed to have it, but men are allowed to have it and to go after it. And it's, it's okay. It's applauded. It's even encouraged. It's Mm -hmm. seen as going after something that they want and getting it done. Where a woman's seen as what was the word that you, that came up in the research? Unfavorable, yeah, yeah, <laughs> unlike off-putting, off-putting. I thought that was an interesting yeah. off-putting. She's off-putting, you know, and oh, it's just so we've internalized mm. what we've experienced, and then I'm just curious about what would happen if we said, you know what? I don't think that that's a bad word at all. I actually think that it's an awesome word, and I'm going to use it, and I'm going to stand at this table. And tell you what all of my wild ambitions are. And I don't know. It's just like that's where my curiosity is. Is like what if we didn't think of it as greed? Mm. What if we thought of it as something deeper? What if we just that's where we went with it. It was deeper. We made the meaning deeper. Yeah. Could we do that? You know, can we transform that? Well, I know. And, 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 you know, gosh, I mean, there's just so many things, like I said, that is so interesting about this topic and. And one of the things that I also found in the research, this line, it just, this is the line that really hits me is ambition is built up and then put in its place for women. Like, you know, and that's what it feels like, right? Like we're built up to be ambitious. We're built up to go after tech jobs and to go after these higher places. Yeah. 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 And then we're put in our place. Yep. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you watched it, but this is, this is such an interesting theme for me right now because um, I, w- I watched The Handmaid's Tale. Have you watched the show? I've been, a, I've been a little afraid to watch it because it's yeah. made a lot of people I know really disturbed. <laughs> it's really yeah. disturbed people. But yeah, so, I know what it's about. Yes. Yeah. Look, it is very disturbing, but I think every woman should be watching it because that yeah. slippery slope. Where we're, cause already we're put in our place, right? To some degree. The slippery yeah. slope of moving into that kind of dystopia, I don't actually think it's that far off. And we're seeing it in the US, we're seeing it in third world countries, you know, where women are put in their place, where their rights are being taken away, where we're like, and I think this is, this is such the interesting piece because, you know, this isn't just a, I, I don't feel like we're just talking about this topic for fluff. I think we're talking about this topic as a necessity. If we don't start being actively engaged in like breaking this glass ceiling, and, and part of that starts with acknowledging and reclaiming our own ambition, then, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to make changes in the world. Like, and that backsliding could happen so easily. Mm-hmm. Hence the disturbing sense of that, because sometimes when things are disturbing, it's like you said, it's, it's hitting a reality. It's not so fiction yeah. when you see that it's happening around us. There's different aspects of that's already happening. Yeah. And I agree and why it's so important that, you know, that we brought this topic up just to start hopefully getting some thought happening around, okay, yeah, when, when have I given myself permission to stand in my ambition and not apologize, like just unapologetically be ambitious. Like mm. what would that feel like? Mm. You know, just be like, Hey, this is, and I, you know, I, I really appreciate that line. Like you said, it's, it's built up and then brought down. And I also, I was thinking about writing a piece about is work-life balance and ambition compatible because that's part of the challenge. This is the paradox or the glass ceiling. And it's what I hit, um, where I hit in my feminist where I, you know, I told you in a previous episode, we talked about 
the feminine and the masculine. When I became a feminist is when I hit my first glass ceiling, and that was the mommy penalty. Mm. That was a you're being a good girl, getting educated, getting all the you know checking off all the boxes you need to check until you had a child, and now the workspace is not ready to give you a step up. It's actually ready for you to step out. And then we're going to pretend that it's a mommy war and we're going to put it on the moms and not talk about the lack of systemic societal support for women and men in childcare, you know? And so that's something that I think about a lot is exactly what you're saying is that a lot of work life balance for men and women, it means that our ambitions need to be supported we both need to be encouraged to be ambitious, and then we need to have ways in which we can achieve that. Mm. Work in life being something compatible, not in these separate, because one of the reasons why it's so hard for women is because the ideal worker still looks masculine with no childcare responsibilities. And even yep. men are being penalized now, like the men mm. that are trying to be stepping up and be equal partners, they may be seeing a lot of pro- progress with their own partners and they're feeling great about their choices but but they're being penalized too oh i mean like i I don't want to get too far into this because i feel like this is definitely another episode and this is so what i'm dealing with right now because like my husband has a traditional job right works works in corporate has to have a certain number of hours and he's very pushed like you know he has to really fulfill his duties do everything that's possible whereas i've got my own business right so what happens today you know i've got a plan a planned day where a babysitter comes to my house and I get to work all day, right? I have all these deadlines, our podcast, all these things. What happens? Babysitter sick. So guess right. who carries the weight of that? That's right. So, you know, and we're finding like with childcare, you know, things get mixed up all the time and guess who handles that? It, it has to be me. And it's not that my husband doesn't want to support our help, but even the way that society's created it, like it's me who has to have the burden. So I constantly feel suppressed around my ambition because if I was to really fully be ambitious, you know, who would, who would take the slack? You know, when childcare falls. The kids. Yes. That's exactly it. Yes. And that's the guilt. Like when my husband starts to talk to, you know, he's so supportive of um, my business and my path, my career, my work. But there are times, you know, that he may need or just him just being honest and saying, hey, you know, you've been working a lot. What What's the first thing that happens to me, though, is it's guilt. I told him, I said, it's hard for me to talk about this because I have guilt in a way that I don't think that you men are feeling. It's it's like you talk to me about my work hours and I feel guilty. If I talk to you about your work hours, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I could try to adjust that. I mean, he just doesn't have the same reaction either. So even if, you know, and then you're talking about the fact that this, you know, this is about entrepreneurs and women too. It's like, what do you do with ambition when you're an entrepreneur and then you have kids Mm. and then it's like, well, you're flexible. You don't work, right? You work from home, right? (laughs) I mean, the teachers say that stuff to you. Like, well, you can come, right? Because you work from home. (laughs) Like, um, yeah, which means you miss the work part. Like I have to work. Yeah. So So it is all around us and it's, it's a different, it is a whole episode gender um, you know, equality and uh, division of labor, but it's connected. And that's why I thought about writing about mm-hmm. ambitions. Cause like how ambitious can I really get? Yep. If I'm going to continue to come up against the fact that our society does not provide a quality universal childcare and, yep. and they shot that bill down back in the seventies and it hasn't come back up. 
Yep. <laughs> in a long time. Yeah. Well, even in, so, even here, there's, there's they, like in Australia, there is more support, you know, for both yeah. parents and there's, but you know, parental leave and, and there is, you know, things that are built into the system that support, but it's still all of the paradigms. It's still all of the perspectives, you know, the, the childcare is still predominantly a woman's responsibility. And even my husband and I get into these arguments where I'm like, she is 50% yours. So why am I the one that gets up in the middle of the night? And I'm the one that takes off work. And I'm, you know, like there's still yeah. sort of these, and it's very unconscious. It's just, it's really built into our system. So, and this yes. is what I feel all the time. I feel like I have to steadily grow my ambition until I don't have young kids anymore. That's yeah. how I feel, like innately yeah. inside of me. Like I'm just like, okay, I'm slowly building. And then one day I can reach my ambitions when I no longer have the responsibility of young children. Absolutely. And I think I admitted that to you. This is probably one of the first things I told you when we met as single moms because <laughs> I felt like I could confess. I was like, yeah. hey, do you ever sit and look at the older women whose kids are grown up and yeah. wish that you were them? I mean, <laughs> it's so funny because it's like in this youth-centered society. I would find myself wishing yeah. to be at that or at that table because they look like they're actually getting to talk about their work and their business. And don't get me wrong. I love my kids, but yeah. it is, I don't think it's been fair that I've had to choose between them all the time. I have to choose doing yeah. what I love and then I can choose my kids, but I can't have them all at the same time. Yep. And yeah, and, yeah. I, and I also think it's quite amazing that you and I decided to do it again. <laughs> like we already had teenagers, yeah. and then we decided to go to a second <laughs> round of children. You know, and it's—I mean, it's just really funny. So, yeah, look, I think that we'll sort of wrap up this particular topic on ambition today. And obviously, <laughs> some of these topics are going to spill over to other episodes in the future because they're big topics and they're very relevant to I think every woman out there. So, yeah, thank you, Laura. This is a great topic and um, I yeah. really enjoyed it. It was fun. And I hope we got the listeners thinking about their own relationship to ambition. That's right. <laughs> all right. Thank you all. And we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. To get some great resources and listen to all of our episodes, visit theliberationlab.com. We want to help other women get the support they need to create more real success and freedom. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, emailed us, and reviewed our show. We are so appreciative of your support. See you next week.